Last week, I asked for questions that we could talk about in these episodes, and I got a whole bunch uh, uh, in response to that request. So for the next few episodes, I'd like to take some of those up, and in today's episode, we'll talk about two, uh, a question about baptism and a question about the Bible. Hello friends, Pastor Tim Westermeyer here. Thank you for spending a little time with me today. Let me start today's episode with a little bit of inside baseball um, about this podcast. This is now episode, what is it, episode 148 or something like that. So we've been doing this for uh, a year and a half and very frequently after we tape the episodes, um, I will sit in this chair and the videographer, editor, producer, also named Tim, confusingly, who sits on the other t- side of the camera, and I will end up having a conversation. He may have a question or will explore something that was brought up in the episode. And very frequently, Tim, not me, the other Tim, um, has said, gosh, I wish we could capture this sort of spontaneity on our episodes. Um, And I do, I hope these come off as somewhat informal. They're not really scripted. I mean, I kind of have a sense of what I'm going to say. And so we have been brainstorming about whether or how we can figure out how to capture that more conversational thing. If you have ideas about that, by the way, as with all of these episodes, I would welcome them. Um, Today's episode isn't sort of the answer to that. But we are going to be doing, for the next probably three episodes at least, um, more of a Q&A format. In the last week or so, I invited uh, questions from viewers and listeners, um, and I got quite a few actually, way more than I can answer in a single episode. Um, And so I know what those questions are. I've given some thought to them. But our hope is that maybe that creates a little more of that spontaneity and conversational tone that we've been talking about. Um, And we're exploring maybe some other formats as well. And again, I would welcome your thoughts about that. And I want to be very clear about this. I would also continue to welcome your questions about issues of faith. I, I think it's really important that this platform truly is a conversation. And um, I would welcome, what are you thinking about? How are you responding to what I'm saying? What are the deep questions you have about faith that you'd like us to talk about? All of that would be uh, fabulous. So, so please continue to stay in touch with uh, me and we'll try to address those in a future episode. So for today though, three questions uh, out of a number that came up, uh, which I will try to say a little bit about. The first one has to do with baptism, appropriately. It's sort of our initiation rite um, into Christianity. We did a baptism yesterday. We've been doing a ton of baptisms here at St. Philip the Deacon recently. So here is the question. Thanks for asking for questions to be answered on the podcast. Here is my question. Why do we as Lutherans baptize infants and young children while other Christian traditions baptize those who are old enough to make the decision to be baptized? It's a great question, and there's no, there's no doubt that Christians sort of fall into two camps on this, those who baptize uh, infants and those who practice what they maybe would call believer's baptism for someone a little older. Um, my 
strong hunches that the majority of Christians over the centuries have actually practiced infant baptism or certainly family baptism where parents along with children would have been baptized. Um, but there are certainly uh, strands of Christianity where there's an emphasis again on uh, making a decision for Christ or believers baptism. And I guess what I would say about this is a couple of things. One, when we, when we isolate the act of baptism, um, by itself and remove it from the context of community and we remove it from the context of learning about faith, that's where we have problems. So we say, oh well, you're baptized as an infant, you're all done, or you're baptized as an adult, you're all done. I think it's far better to remember that baptism is connected to education and community. The question is, does that education and community come after you're baptized or does it come before you're baptized. So in the case of Lutherans, uh, we baptize as infants very frequently into a community uh, and then we presume and we expect parents and godparents and the congregation to help guide and lead and instruct that child as he or she grows. And if you take that away from the baptism, you have a problem. Uh, similarly, on the other type of baptism, the presumption is, well, someone has learned about the faith and the baptism is sort of the culmination of that learning. And there are strengths and weaknesses to both, right? Uh, infant baptism emphasizes, I would say, God's grace, that all of this is the result of God's love. We can do nothing to save ourselves. And how is that? Um, that cannot be better emphasized than a little infant who can't make any decisions for him or herself being reached out with God's love in the act of baptism. That's the, the strength of that, is it emphasizes God's grace. The downside is it can be, it can feel like it's magic. Oh, well, they've been baptized, now they're taken care of, they never need to walk the life of faith. Again, that's a misunderstanding or a mistake. Um, the other, of course, emphasizes, well, there's some kind of participation on our part. So I've now learned about Jesus and I want to be baptized. I'm, I'm uh, affirming my faith and that's a good thing. It, 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 again, acknowledges the note of our participation in God's love. The downside of it, though, is the emphasis ends up being on the person being baptized. I did this, and the down, and potentially that can turn into I don't, I do not need God. I did it on my own. So, again, I, I think you could make arguments for both. I certainly wouldn't want to throw stones at folks who par practice a different kind of baptism than we do. Uh, but again, I think you have to remember about or think about it holistically, uh, rather than just the act itself. And I'm realizing. This episode may be longer than I thought. So I think um, I'm going to, instead of doing three questions, I'm going to do two. Um, so the first there was baptism. Second, I will say a word about the Bible. Um, and here's the question. Um, sometimes I run into guys who, after reading an article or watching a documentar documentary, tell me that the Bible is a made-up story. I'd love to hear how you would respond. Um, so I would first respond by saying, take a look at the recent episode we did about how to interpret the Bible. And one of the important points, in fact, it was the first point I made, is that the Bible is not a book, but it is a collection of books, of 66 books. So when someone says uh, the Bible is a made-up story, I think you have to press them further and say, which book of the Bible are you talking about? 
Um, I, I would say there is a book in the Old Testament, the book of Jonah, not every Christian agrees with this, but plenty of very thoughtful, intelligent, faithful Christians would agree with this, that the book of Jonah is actually a kind of a comic book. It uses, utilizes a particular form of sort of Jewish humor. Um, it's not attempting to be history. That seems to be very clear in a lot of cues from the book itself. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't convey truth, right? Just because it's quote unquote made up um, doesn't mean it's not true. There are other parts of the Bible, I'll think of the Gospels, let's say, absolutely, I would argue, are, those are historical documents. They're, they're, is, they're attested to in all kinds of ways outside the Bible. Um, and uh, in fact, one of the p things I would lift up about this is manuscript evidence for the reliability of the New Testament. Uh, other than the Bible, there are a lot of other ancient texts, of course. One of the, uh, the best attested texts is Homer, uh, the Iliad. Uh, that was written in 900 BC. The earliest copy uh, is from 400 BC. That's 500 years separation between when it was written and the earliest copy. And there are about 650 copies of that, okay? Sorry, this is a little deep weeds. The New Testament, by comparison, was written in the first century. Um, the earliest copy is in the second century, less than, uh, of the manuscript, I mean. That's less than 100 years, and there are more than 5,600, 5,600 copies uh, of that. And the accuracy between them is 99.5%. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason we should trust the, the Bible, but um, if you want to say the Bible is all made up, you have a hard time proving that based on documentary evidence, I guess I would call it. Okay, this has been a little bit of a different format than we typically do. I have no idea how long we just went. I hope it's not burdensomely long. I hope you found the answer to these couple questions helpful, um, and we'll take up some more in the next episode. In the meantime, be well, stay in touch, and God bless.